Uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, a new normal and talking about a new normal. We want you to get your information from, from the Bible, from Jesus Christ, and not from the world. And uh, I am becoming uh, increasingly bold about it because I think that by now you know that I, we love you. And uh, we're never saying anything to hurt you or, or anything intentionally. Uh, I often say that when the, the, the doctors operated on both of my knees, they hurt me. He hurt me, but he sure did help me. Yeah, and so sometimes uh, the knife is necessary. Uh, but, uh, but if you can endure the knife, you'll have a good life. All right? So, so let's look at a new, a new normal, uh, part four. Um, I, wanted, uh, I, I titled this little, little section, each little section or paragraph, I'll, some, I'll give it a title. I don't always tell you what that is, but it's always in the, in the, uh, the preaching or the teaching. It said, do not grieve the spirit. And it's what I, I want you to live in a way that you don't grieve the Spirit. Uh, that this is amazing how we, we sometimes grieve the Spirit. We don't know we've grieved the Spirit. Sometimes we're uh, somewhat grieving, but it's because of the Spirit is grieving sometimes. Sometimes that is the case. And uh, we want to put you uh, in touch with what the Holy Spirit wants you to do and how he wants you to uh, comport yourself, uh, to conduct yourself. And if you'll conduct yourself that way, there's no problem. Huh? Let's look at... Um, uh, Ephesians 4.25. Uh, he says, well, let me go ahead. Go back to 23, please. I'm sorry. Let's go back to 23 and make a little bit more sense if we do that. That was part of the last one when I talked about uh, not letting any filthy communication come out of your mouth. You know, sometimes you, uh, believers will do that. Uh, sometimes it's in jest. You make jokes that are improper. And sometimes somebody startles you, may startle you, and something comes out. I, I remember my pastor telling a story about uh, this person. He walked up on this person and surprised the person. And they said one of those blankety-blank words. And, uh, and, he's, and this person, oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. That slipped out. He said, well, it wouldn't have slipped out if it weren't in you. <laughs> so, so, so here he says, don't, let, don't do that. Then he says, don't lie to one another. It's like being unfaithful to your own body. Yes. You know, so don't lie to one another. So Paul wants us to understand that you and I are members one of the, to the other, and uh, we don't want to mistreat a member of the same body that we share. That's right. I mean, I mean that, that's tough, isn't it? That's tough, isn't it? So he says here, um, be renewed, uh, do not lie to one another. Then he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he, there's a constant renewal for the believer. And you can't be constantly renewed if you're not spending time with Jesus. It's, not, it's an impossibility. So, uh, I, I think I asked a question. I don't know if it were here or in Kingsville, but I asked, uh, what is it for you, religion or relationship? God is calling us into relationship, not into religion. Some people think religion uh, does it all, but it does not. It does not. It is relationship. This whole thing is about relationship, that we are sons of God, and now we, you and I um, are promised to live in the very presence of God, but we ought to start practicing it right here. Uh, there's a book that uh, I think Pastor Stan introduced me to about it, I don't know, 40 years ago. 
well, maybe he wants me to tell my age, but not his, right? So uh, it's called Practicing His Presence. And, and, uh, and so I remember reading uh, that book, Practicing His Presence. And so th that would be a good thing for us to start right now. So if we get to heaven, we won't uh, act like strangers. <clears throat> he says, um, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you do something. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And I think when Paul says put on, he's saying have an attitude of putting on Christ because, because Christ has, has come into your heart as your life. He doesn't come into your life and try to, to fix up the mess, as it were, but he comes into your heart and brings newness to you. And so you have to understand that. Now, the more you pray, the more you go ahead and let's give the Lord some... Yeah, give him praise for that. <clears throat> and so Paul, after he says that, he says that uh, according to God, this new man which was created according to God. And so when he talks about that according to God, he is saying the new person is not a refurbished earthly person. It is, a, it is a, a spirit, an attitude, a life that comes down from God and envelops us. And uh, he says, which was created according to God. Now listen, in true righteousness and holiness. Then he says in verse 25, therefore put away lying. And for this cause, put away lying. Just don't lie. You know, sometimes we lie because we're uh, afraid. And, uh, and some, uh, sometimes we lie because uh, we just don't have any regard for the truth. But so what we want to do is put away lying. Just don't lie. It's just if somebody asks you a question and you say, hmm, this lie may be a present help in time of my trouble. You, 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 just don't do it. Uh, just don't do it. And if they say, well, you must be telling a, a lie because you want, you know the truth. I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, but don't lie, right? And he doesn't want us to lie to one another because it's, it's like being unfaithful to your own body. You know, like not taking care of your own body. You know, that kind of thing. Let each, one, let's each, uh, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. And, and now, if you're trying to find a way to be angry and not sin, that's the wrong approach. <laughs> so, if uh, something causes you to be angry, just deal with it. Deal with it. And uh, it's it feels good just walking with Jesus and learning more and more what he wants to do. Uh, a lot of times, if you're not, uh, we're not walking closely with the Lord. A lot of times we're not walking clo as closely with the Lord as we should uh, or, and as he desires. And so we're, we're okay with it. But once you begin to understand his presence and the, and the love he has for you and the love he is, then you want to please him all the time. Uh, and, and it's possible here. There are a lot of th th things that we uh, say aren't possible because we have not gone across that creek or river or road of possible. We need to go across that. We need to cross the, all the things we think are impossible and just keep going with God and we find, wow, they're possible. Um, I, I don't want to get on this subject too much because I have to spend some time with our elders uh, about this, uh, but I've found in the last uh, 400 and something days, uh, 83 days almost uh, in the last, from 2020, I found that a lot of things that I thought were not possible are possible. And I found that there is a nearness to God that many of us have not experienced, at least on a continual basis. And it, and, uh, it was, I was talking with Dr. Rocher uh, um, some 
when he was here the last time he was here, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, I was talking with him, and he was so interested in fasting and praying, and, and uh, we talked quite a long time. I told you this story, but he said, he said the one thing that is fascinating about fasting and praying is that when one fasts, one removes himself or herself from dependence on the earth. And I think that's really big. And so when you stop depending on the earth, you stop thinking in an earthly way. So that's the new normal that God, it's, it's a, I say a new normal. What I'm saying is it's not new, as it were, to God, but it is new to the church in, in, in this last several uh, hundreds of years that we have sort of deviated because we have looked to the world for the things that are good in the world. Yeah, we've done that. You know, we go, oh, well, this is not so bad. This is good. And that's what I call compromise. A number of years ago, I was listening. Uh, when I say a number of years ago, it could have been half a century. It could have <laughs> you know, been a long, long time ago, man. You know, but old Robert said something that, that really blessed my heart. He says, whatever you compromise to keep, you lose. And, and so I never forgot that, that. And so what we don't want to do is to compromise. We are God's children. We are like the offspring of God. And, th and this is so amazing to me in that we want to say, well, not really, but kind of. No, really. I mean, in reality, you and I are, uh, were, are born, were born, and are born of the Spirit of God. And so, so our normal is different than the world's normal. Even people that in the world that we call good aren't really normal like the believer is normal. In that when I, we say normal, we're saying we have the norms or the usual things of heaven. So that, that's what we are. That's who we are. And sometimes we're afraid to say that because somebody might think we're kooky because they have not yet experienced God in that dimension. Therefore, they think it's strange. This, it, you know, if, I've, if I've not met somebody maybe from another nation, um, then I, I may think they have a strange accent. But if they haven't met me, I have one. Yeah. That's right. You know, so, so let us stop, uh, you know, looking to the world for uh, the world's solutions. Okay, where was I? Okay, we're members of one another. I've got to move faster. Okay, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. And so what Paul is saying is that a lot of times we bring our bad habits into the kingdom, quote, unquote. You know, we sort of bring, bring them with us. We think that we can't help it. And so Paul is saying, no, God doesn't want that for you. So if you were a thief in the old life, don't be, you can't come in and bring your, your bad habits. That's what he's saying. Um, he said, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt uh, word or communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. So, so you, you want to uh, uh, edify or build up people. That it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I, I think that perhaps one of the reasons I'm reading all of this is to, is to deal with the fact that God, the Holy Word of God, the Word of God, is saying that you and I should not grieve, make sad the Holy Spirit of God. Now, listen to what he says. Sometimes when we're feeling bad, it may be that we've grieved him, right? So, look, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, the Holy Spirit is your seal that you belong to God and you should not grieve him. 
he is the seal that you belong to God. This is amazing. And so, that, and then he goes on to say, and he, he has sealed us for the day of redemption. So then when, what I've, I've said a number of years ago, I said it more often than I've said it recently, is that the enemy knows who we are sometimes better than we know. Because well, he, he can see our seal. That we're sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. So, so then I'm going to say to all of us that we're going to make it to that, that wonderful day. We're going to make it to that day. Yeah. Because we're sealed for that day. Yeah. And there's nobody able to take the seal off. Um, and just, uh, just a little uh, footnote. Uh, the enemy is not an originalist except for his nasty sin. But he doesn't know anything. You know, in the last times, um, the devil wants everybody to have a, a mark on their, their, their uh, hand or their forehead. He's trying to seal his people. Yes. And the Bible says that everybody who is not written in the Lamb's book of life will worship him. Yes. Everybody. Yes. So when you resist him, that means you got a seal on you. And you don't need his seal. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, the seal has to do with ownership. So we have to recognize who, quote, unquote, is our master and uh, serve him alone. This is what God wants. And I want us to be conspicuous about it. You know what I'm saying? I want you to be conspicuous about it. I want you to just be all out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, not hypocritically, but being unashamed of the gospel. All right. Are we good? Okay. So he says, let all bitterness, not some bitterness, not most bitterness, but let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So he says that he wants your forgiveness to, to be like Christ's forgiveness. Wow. I mean, that's total, isn't it? I mean, Christ forgave us fully, totally, forgave us of all of our sins. And so he wants us to practice forgiveness. Uh, you know, uh, why don't you just turn to somebody next to you and just say, uh, I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. And, and it might convict somebody, so do it one more time. Forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't take it further than the pastor told you. So, so he, said, he says, um, uh, we're to remove from us bitterness, all, all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, um, uh, with all malice. And when he talks about that, sometimes we want to hurt somebody. We want to injure them. We want them to feel like we felt. I, I think everybody here has had, at least had that one time in your life. You know, at least one time. Y'all look at me like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. You want them to feel what you felt. You want them to hurt like you hurt. So that's not from God. That's not from God. Okay, so these things that I've talked about should not be in our atmosphere. You, you love a good atmosphere, right? You want to uh, have a very nice atmosphere. I, I love it when I walk out of my house in, in, in the mornings and, um, and I can ah, feel the smell, the, the inhale, that good crisp air, and uh, it doesn't burn my lungs because it's too cold or something. I love it to be nice. I love it. And so what he is saying is that we can create the kind of atmosphere that heaven is. We can do that. We can do that. And so that's what he wants us to walk in. I, I'm seeing this approaching more and more. 
And may I say that when, when uh, I'm, I'm saying this from experience, when you begin to understand God's ways and um, that those atmos atmospheric conditions of heaven, it can be a little scary. It can be a little scary. You'll think something is going wrong and you're looking around. It's a little scary. But it, it's, if, as you keep walking in it, you go, wow, this is the way to live? Uh, a selfless life? Is, is this what it's like? And you begin to sense a purity uh, that, it, that starts to become normal, uh, and it can be a little bit challenging to you. But just keep on living like that because th uh, uh, that's a, a sign of heaven's atmosphere. All right? Let's look at Ephesians 5 and look at verse 1. So, so Paul says here uh, to the Ephesians, and therefore to us, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. He's, and so with Paul, this is like baby steps for us. Uh, I think most of us have gone past that. Uh, but, but being baby step, like followers, that can be a sort of a word that's used for a follower or a, a person that doesn't quite know what things mean, but they sort of mimic, you know, they mimic. And so he says, that, you know, kids mimic. Uh, I've seen children do things just like their parents. They'll even hold their mouth like they're parents, you know, you, you see parents going, you know, yeah, they'll do, if, if you're weird as a parent, you, you may be, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Raising a lot of little weird kids. Yeah, so, so, you know, get it right. Go to the book. So be imitators of God as dear children because children will mimic their parents. You, you know, they will. And um, some of them just walk around hitting other kids. Uh-oh. So, well, they may have learned that from the neighbors. It says, and Paul says, and walk in love. So walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice. He gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So, so let's read that one more time. He says, be imitators of God as dear children. So we are to whatever God is doing, we want to find ourselves doing. And walk in love, always loving, always caring. That is, love it's not seeking its own. It's not trying to uh, uh, get something that, that it feels like it deserves, you know. You know, I, I can't stand that. A lot of times Hollywood uh, people, I'll hear that. Oh, you deserve it. You know what I'm thinking? No, what we really deserve, everybody, is H-E-L-L. -L. Eternal, eternal punishment. That's what we deserve. No, we don't deserve a... a, a 10-carat ring and, and, and clothes that are so expensive that nobody can buy but, but very, very wealthy. We don't deserve that. So when we get that, we ought to thank God for that, you know, but you don't deserve it. And so he says, walk in love as Christ also loved us and, he, and gave himself or has loved us and given himself for us, past tense, he gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God. That it was, that was a sweet-smelling aroma or was, was uh, a beautiful sacrifice, a sin, a sacrifice. And then Paul tells us what he means in the, ver in the next verse 3. He explains it. So I want to say this not just to young people but to uh, older people too. I want these things to go to everybody, you know, from the, uh, the little babies on up. He says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named, uh, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. And so, what God is coming back for a holy church, a righteous church, not a church based on what you think the standard should be. 
So he is not doing that. I'm sure there are people who would listen to me would say, uh, well, you're young. But he, no, he didn't say that. He, he makes, he makes uh, no excuse for your age here. He says, but. So he wants you to, you to listen. Fornication, you know, and, un, and all uncleanness or covetousness. Fornication is illicit sex, what we would say. Um, and uncleanness, anything that's immoral. Uh, and covetous or covetousness, wanting something that's not yours or somebody, maybe. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. And so he says, it is proper for that not to be among, named among us. So we don't make excuses. He said, no. So the, those who have stolen, he said, don't steal anymore. Those who have fornicated, don't do it anymore. That's what he's saying. All right? Those who have been unclean morally, don't be that way anymore. Right? He says, let it not even be. I like that. That's what we, in Texas, we should talk like that. It was right out of the, out of the King James Bible. Yeah, going around, you were weird to kids in school. Don't even, yeah. He said, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. You know, those jokes that are going to make everybody fall down and laugh, and it's not good, right? And said, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. And so if you need to do something, give thanks. Amen. For this, it, this you know. And Paul goes on to say that, say that this, this is what, what our normal should be, right? This is how we should comport ourselves. He says, uh, for this you know. How do they know? Because it's in the Word of God. God has taught us. He says, you know that no fornicator, not the one you really like, no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, so no idolater, no person who worships idols, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Amen, amen. And this is good. And don't you all go out and say, somebody said, Don Lavelle is a fire and brimstone preacher. Well, I, I'm just reading the word. Yeah. And then he says, let no one deceive you with empty words. So, obviously, somebody will take issue with this truth, and they'll try to deceive you into, baby, you're all right. You're young. Go out and explore. Well, no. He said, let no one deceive you with empty words. He said, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. So what he's saying is, do not share in their sins. Right. right? Do not share in their sins. And then verse in, in uh, Philippians 1.27, he says again, Paul says again, as he said to the Ephesians and others, he says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Yes. Let your conduct. So, so what he's saying is, we don't want to lower God's standard. We want to exemplify God's standard. Amen. Okay. Okay. Do I need to tell a joke? Okay. Y'all getting look, looking at me weird then. Second Peter chapter one, verses two through four. Paul uh, Peter says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord." No, 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 this is so good. It, it, we should have a lot more time to share this. So maybe I'll do it in, in another point. But he says, grace, unmerited favor, goodness of God, the joy, all of the wonderful things, and peace, ooh, that which was broken has now been restored. Irene is that word. Be multiplied to you. 
How is it multiplied to you? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. So as you know the God the Father and Jesus the Son, then you begin to experience, you have experiential grace. Not just grace that you can define and, 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 and not have partaken of it, but you have experiential grace. It is your experience. Grace uh, and peace. That is, you know that you, your relationship with God is, is restored and you are now at peace with God. That means that God's not angry with you. You will not ever experience the wrath of God. You may see it on somebody, but you'll never experience the wrath of God. Wow. That's like telling a little kid, you know, who's been bad, dad is never going to spank you. Ooh. You're never going to get feel the wrath of God. Um, you may get a spanking and discipline, but not a beating. Let's say, okay. Now he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as commensurate as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God has given to us, this is amazing, God has copiously, generously poured out upon us all things that pertain, that belong to life and godliness. That pertain is a word in, in Spanish language is pertenecer, yeah, to belong to. And so, so that's, that's what that, that means. And so he says, God has given you copiously, generously, abundantly, lavishly. Hallelujah. So why are we walking in that? Amen. We can walk, I mean, really, uh, sometimes our definition of Christianity oftentimes is not the biblical one. Okay, I'm coming to a close. All right? He says, now, for, how are these, the, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain, belong to life and godliness. That is through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So he's saying that, that God is the source of all these spiritual blessings. That Jesus Christ is the source of all these spiritual blessings because these things are ours and we manifest them, we demonstrate them through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, you and me, exceedingly great, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, you and I, all of us together, may be partakers. Now, this is big, that we may be partakers, sharers, sharers. Yes, to take part. Yes, ma'am. And, and to share, to share. In the divine nature. We have been called to be partakers, sharers, part of this divine nature. It's not just religiosity God's talking about. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So he says, having, now listen, it's a good word having escaped the corruption, not hope that the hope I will, but because of what God has done, it says having escaped, past tense, the corruption that is in the world through lust, you and I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. And this is what God wants us, the church, to walk in. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your participation. 
And now, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice and you have not made peace with God, you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, you can do that. It's there for you. It's there for you. God wants to include you. And all you have to do is say yes. If there's somebody you say, well, Pastor, I've, I, I've, I've messed up, man. I've, you, you don't have to enumerate your sin to me, but you ought to be full-throated with God. And, be, and, and the Bible says, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when, when the pastor preaches about sin, you don't have to say, well, I'm not going there anymore. Well, you're going to go out to some sinners. And we're talking about getting clean here. You know, the, the thing is, is that everyone has sinned. There has been only one person. One, can you imagine? The, Brother John told us that the, the scientist says approximately 117 billion people have uh, lived on this planet since it began. 117 billion and only one of them. So, so, so look, look at your ne ne neighbor next door to you. Oh, you know, it was sinner. Yeah, that person next to you is a sinner. Maybe it's the person that's sitting in front of you. A sinner. And listen to what God said. Uh, Brother Alex and I were talking about this this morning a little bit. In, in Revelation 5, they, uh, the angels uh, let John know that they had searched the, the world over. <laughs> and not only the world, but they had searched the universe. And he says, there was nobody found to open the scroll to lose his seals. Oh, even look at it. Nobody. He said they searched heaven. They searched the earth. They went under the earth and couldn't find anyone. So we're not picking on you because you messed up yesterday. They didn't find anybody. So he says, he said, behold, wait a minute, John, stop crying. Stop, 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 stop. We found one. <laughs> he's a lion of the tribe of Judah the lion of the tribe of Judah and he says he's the only one we found and so John stopped crying but when John looked for the lion he didn't see a lion he saw a lamb yeah so let's walk it out and so uh, I'll come back in just a minute and we, we're, we're not going to keep you all night. We're going to come back in just a minute, all right? And you make up your mind that you're going to give yourself to Jesus. And uh, one of these elders can, will pray for you. Okay? You can even stand now. The elders can. You can just stand up. And so if somebody wants to come and give your heart to Jesus, do that. If you want to come and say, just pray for me that I'm strong in the Lord, you can do that. Okay? Thank you. <laughs>